Tokyo's top moments. Well, I know you're a big fan of the skateboarding, and in the women's <laughs> street final yesterday, 13-year-old Japanese competitor Mamiji Nishia uh, made, uh, well, she was part of Olympic history. She wasn't the youngest ever to win a medal at the Olympics, but she was part of the youngest podium in Olympic history. Listen to this. So she was 13. Uh, the the girl who came second uh, was 13 as well, I think. And then the bronze medalist was a 16-year-old. Two 13s and a 16. Surely you should have to be able to drive or vote to win <laughs> an, a medal at the Olympics. <laughs> and get, and the, 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 the competitor who came fourth was from America. She was 34. There you go. Let's talk about a differential. Yeah, she could have been old enough to be their mums. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, didn't know that one, but yeah, skateboarding, it's new. It's creating a bit of a buzz, and it's something that uh, I think is attracting viewers. With yeah, uh, it's, I like it. It's quirkiness. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. Certainly, uh, some big spills, that's for sure. Uh, and now, uh, also at the Olympics yesterday uh, and the last 24 hours, we've seen the USA win gold in the men's 4x100 freestyle relay. It's one of the, the blue medal events yesterday, and one of the other blue medal events is, of course, the gymnastics. Uh, and I, I don't know if you saw this. You watched the men's all-round yesterday? Did not see it, no. So that was on last night, and it went down to the wire. It was a really close contest between uh, the uh, Russian Olympic Committee, uh, the host nation, Japan, and China. Those three were duking it out the whole way through. And we're talking about, it came down to, uh, you know, point two of a tenth uh, in between first and third and it alternated all night and in the end Russia took home the gold and there were tears. Uh, it was based on the final floor routine, almost flawless by Nikita Nagorny and the, it's inter- he's such an interesting character. Like three months ago, blew out his Achilles which, you know, if you know anything about sport In footy parlance, that's... Rub you out for a year. Well, it's three to six months just recovering. Yeah. Because well, he had to have undergo surgery, and so there's like a three month recovery period from surgery, and then you've got rehab. Like, it's a miracle that he was able to even be at these Olympics, let alone compete at a gold medal level. Must have been a partial tear. I mean, uh, yeah. maybe I'm the, the skeptics coming out of me, but to, to recover, it couldn't from have been. That, he couldn't have fully blown his Achilles, and it's just not possible. No, and also competing in that type of at that in that it was so much stress on those on, on those ligaments. Uh, amazing, really. Uh, you know, of course, you know. Russia. They're, they're not allowed to compete as Russia because of uh, Easy you know, Thunder. Doping, doping I, know we, I know where you're heading with this, Benny. I'm not going to let you go down that path, but uh, let me just change tack a bit. And sad news for Dutch athlete Finn Follinge. Uh, Olympic dream is over after the young rower tested positive for COVID-19 on Friday after competing in the men's single skulls race. So we're going to see more stories like this, aren't we, through the but course you, of the next But you have to think that once they're all in there in the athlete's village, if they're all doing the right thing and they're all being tested, just like we do in Australia with a lockdown, eventually these COVID cases disappear. Yes, but... We're if not, they're doing the right thing. Well, that's the question. And look, we're not sure. It could totally be... Um, an innocent mistake or, or just a uh, wrong place, wrong well, time. Well, two of his but... team also tested positive, so it's probably going around. Absolutely. And, and so this is because they're all supposed to stay separate, and this is a great example of why you should. So if the Netherlands have COVID going around in their Olympic team, just leave it to them. Like, seal them off, uh, and then, you know, that could help us with the hockey, could help us in a number of sports uh, if that spreads, which you don't want to see, of course, but, you know, that's – I guess that's the the thing that's going to be a theme in this Olympics. People who do the right thing are going to get the benefits. And sometimes you're just going to be unlucky with uh, transmission. But you're right, there's going to be athletes affected. I think we'd be naive to think that isn't going to be the case. But the good thing about the Olympics, Ben, is that it's not just the athletes winning gold or silver or competing or personal best. Sometimes it's about completing 
a commitment, not just to your sport, but to each other. Yeah, exactly. There was one athlete, uh, so of all the of the athletes who won gold, silver and bronze, one won diamond when uh, her... We fi- hope. Her, yeah, yeah, well, she said yes, I believe. So the Argentinian fencer Maria Belen Perez Maurice, she lost out on an Olympic medal. Probably a pretty sad moment for her. She was giving her post-match press conference and then behind her, uh, uh, her longtime coach and partner, Lucas Guillermo Sosado, has... Uh, appeared on camera holding up a sign uh, that said, will you marry me? She was completely oblivious to this while she was giving her interview. And it was actually the press interviewing her that said, oh, turn around. There's something behind you. She's turned around, clocked this proposal uh, and, you know, the waterworks kicked off. Hilarious because you know what? About 11 years earlier in 2010, with his partner, the Argentinian fencer, Maria, tried a similar stunt at the World Championships in Paris. But back then... She replied, is this a joke or what? Uh, and then it took 11 years for this poor coach to get back. <laughs> to get the courage get to do it again. Get the courage, the gumption to say, you know what, I've been knocked back once. 11 years later, seriously, my man, give it away. If you're not going to get the response uh, after one go, he's gone 11 years later. Oh, presuming it's his second, he hasn't had three or four at it. But uh, well done. He was so traumatised. <laughs> or maybe maybe he thought, you know, this is, this is my best chance here in front of the world. She's not going to say no and embarrass me. Uh, I Can like happen. Guilt, but, guilt trip. Yeah, but he, he has won the yes and she's uh, said yeah. yes. That's outstanding. And, so, and better, that, better that he did it uh, after her losing a gold medal because if she'd won a gold and then he was trying to sort of steal her limelight, I reckon she'd, she'd get the, uh, the sword, the fencing sword, and, <laughs> and, epa, epa. And brush him away. And brush yeah. him away. Yeah, now that's a nice... Touching moment. I'm sure we'll see plenty of those over the next week and a half. Yeah, yeah. From from the ecstasy to, I guess, absolute heartache for BMX Olympic gold medal hopeful Dutch rider Nick Kiman as well. He's been wiped out of the competition uh, in training by an official who walked out on the BMX track and he's injured his knee. He flipped over the hangers. Uh, you can see you can see the vision on uh, on Perth now, and I will tell you, it is. It's, it's heart-stopping, heartbreaking. Yes, I did see that on Perth now, and uh, it's something. I used to ride a BMX just as a kid. Yeah, I can, I can yeah. totally see that. <laughs> <laughs> Not successfully so, but the BMX riders, and don't ever doubt their courage. You'd think that they're uh, just amateurs. Well, they've got uh, courage in spades.